Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. We got receipts today. Well, it wasn't today. We got receipts last night. La- late last night, them Oregon Ducks, ooh, they put out them receipts. They put out a five and a half, five and a half minutes, five and a half minutes of a, a, of a cinematic experience. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Titled Ducks versus Them, Game 4 Cinematic Recap. And I'm telling you right now. That some bitch was cinematic. It was absolutely elite. Some of the best social media content I think I've seen um, in a long time on, on Twitter with regards to a videographer or videography department up there with the Oregon Ducks. And I'm going to tell you what, we got all kind of goodies from this video today. But obviously the one that the world is talking about this evening or this morning, last night, late last night, um, or at least the one we're talking about today, and we're going to show you with clips. I don't know if the national media has been talking about this um, but the Colorado Buffaloes, or as we call them around here, them Buffaloes, them Buffaloes was talking some of the most outlandish and disrespectful shit I've ever seen in my life, okay? And I want to preface this by saying this, okay? Because I do have some, some credentials here, all right? I have been on a football field, a college football field, every single Saturday in the fall for the last 10 years. That's where I've been, okay? So... That knowing that and, and having that bit of information, understand that I've never seen anything like this. I've seen kerfuffles. I've seen uh, Georgia-Missouri defensive line skirm, uh, you know, skirmish before the game. I've seen rivalry games where they come to the middle of the field and, and, a, and a linebacker at Michigan does the, 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 the foot thing on the logo at Michigan State and then they got to separate. I've seen all this stuff. I ain't never seen a 21-and-a-half-point underdog Walk over, okay, and do some of the stuff that I saw Colorado do on social media this week or uh, on these clips, okay? Again, some of the most outlandishly disrespectful shit talking you'll ever see, okay? This is not your average, uh, you know, defense alignment, offense alignment, chirping before the football game. This was not chirping. Um, this was some stuff that we've se- I haven't seen. Again, we have a clip that we're going to show you here in a little bit of a player who appeared to be uh, not dressed out at all. Talking to an Oregon camera, okay? A Colorado Buffalo talking to an Oregon uh, social media videographer, getting in the lens saying, 911, I'd like to report, report a murder. We fit in a murder some ducks, okay? So we had Colorado football players talking, not shit to players, talking shit to the, to the social media teams, cameras, all right? With such confidence. You had Oregon players doing the stop it on the middle of the field during their walkthrough yesterday. And I thought this one was the one worst of all. Okay, obviously you saw Shiloh Sanders tell, telling him that he beat the shit out of every single body over there, <laughs> including the coaches. By the way, I've met that defensive line coach. Ain't shit to play with on there. That, no, uh-uh, Shiloh Sanders. That dude would snap you like a twig. I've met Mans. Mans a big dude. Mans about 6'3". Mans about 260. Mans bald. Okay, or no, flat top. Flat top, 
real tight uh, uh, sides, and by the way, was dressed in all black, long sleeves, long pants, down in Lowndes, Georgia, okay, in the springtime, 95 degree heat. He is a psycho. He is not one to be played with. All right, so all of that included, but I thought the most disrespectful and most, I ain't never seen some shit like that in my life, stuff that I saw on that video, was number 95. Okay, and we'll see them. And make sure you point them out and, and, and notice what I'm talking about. That's why I'm prefacing all of this so you can see it happening when it happens. Number 95, who I looked up today, by the way, is a backup nose tackle. He is a second stringer. He is standing, I've never seen this, standing on the far side end, on Oregon's end, during not pregame warm-up. I'm talking about hours before, hours before. When everyone's out in shorts and t-shirts doing their uh, calisthenics and just getting their body hot, Buddy is sitting over there on the Oregon sideline watching Bo Nix do his calisthenics and laughing and just going, <laughs> look at this idiot. We're finna eat him alive. They lose by 37 points. I ain't seen nothing like this. Play these clips, man. This is some crazy shit. You want me a screen share? I want a screen share. I want to hear it. I want to see it. I want them. Everybody's tired of hearing about no question. Rob, no question. and that's going to show up on the football. The Cinderella story is over, man. It's pretty good. Does that all mean something to you? Does that all mean something to you? Yeah, I sure as hell mean something to me. Hey, I like to report a crime to the murder to these ducks. Heard, uh, you saw the coach I was talking about, the defensive line coach who's mm -hmm. a psycho. You saw what he said, right? He said they're not worth paying attention to. So this is what I'm talking about. Like, social media did the, oh, it's football. People be shit talking. No, no. Shit talk is me, Kirby, I hate your shirt. Oh, really? You look like an idiot today. That's shit talk. Shit talk is not me walking into the room and just fucking saying shit to Kirby just to say it to him. And Kirby sitting over there trying to do his work. That's not shit talk. That's disrespect. There was a lot of disrespect in that in that pregame, okay? And they they got it back. All right, they did get it back. And and what I did not see today, okay? I saw I saw ESPN guys getting on Twitter and, and social media yesterday, getting so hyped and so happy about how Dan Lanning, how dare he invite cameras into his locker room and have a pregame speech? Oh, Dan Lanning's picking on Deion Sanders. Ain't nobody picking on Deion Sanders. That stuff right there, okay, going out and doing that stuff in pregame and saying those things is a direct representation of your football coach. Your football coach allows that stuff, okay? So if that's going to happen, then you have to take the repercussions from the opposition, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. I think they learned a lesson. I mean, it's one thing to talk your stuff after you make a play or after you do something huge or something big happens in a game. But to do it in the pregame, to do it when you're an underdog, like, you know, most teams in that situation, when you're a 21-point underdog, they'll stay a little quiet. But then afterwards, if you pull off the upset, if you do what you think you're supposed to do, then you can talk your stuff because you've earned that right. But at that point, Colorado hadn't earned that right to go out there and just disrespect the Oregon logo, disrespect their players like that, and then get embarrassed, rightfully so. I kind of liked it. <laughs> you, you would like, like it. You, you kind of liked knowing that you're about to get your ass beat and still talking shit? I, I kind of respect it. Not even and, – and, yeah, the shit talking was out there. Like, you, it's more than what you usually hear. I've heard some crazy stuff, too. 
like just just on the field in passing things like that not even from my experiences but it was interesting to see being a 21 point underdog and talking like that like at that point you just have to respect it what a swerve on the take you have <laughs> like, to respect it i don't think so like wh- like what would you want them to do come in there and be like oh you know we really respect Oregon they're a great program we're ready we're ready to give it our all i mean that's not ever what Deion Sanders team was, was going to do yeah but Deion's also the one that's always preaching about oh they done made it personal and they're the ones that are talking about like well we're going to have to go take care of our business and now they're the ones that are talking and they're the ones making it personal yeah i, I mean they they made it personal and they paid the price for it this so. isn't new by the way Travis Hunter i mean it's on his youtube page uh, against Colorado State last week, he was standing on the opposite end while they were doing routes on air. Again, this is stuff I you don't see. This is crossing the lines of just unwritten rules. Unwritten rules are, I'm not just going to go over there and provoke you to provoke you. And that's what's been going on. They did it against Colorado State, and that game was highly, highly intensified. Okay, 45-42, they get out of it. They win the football game, all right? But they didn't look great doing so. And they do the same stuff this week. Again, shit talking at midfield is normal. It is 100% normal. Me walking over into your routes on air and standing there talking about I stand on my business. That's not normal. That's provoking. That's disrespectful. That is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everybody know that we fit to talk with our pads today. And that's what's happened. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is antagonizing. I don't even think it's the worst example of antagonizing in college football. Like, you remember in 2019 when LSU played Texas and LSU players went over to the Texas sideline, took water, like, took water bottles. And I did not drink. see this. You haven't seen this? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jay, will if you can pull that up, I don't know if it'll be able to. Literally, so this is before the Texas-LSU game. They're doing warm-ups, route running and stuff. I think yeah. it's like, I think it's it's not Justin Jefferson. It's Clavion Chase on and all them. They're in nothing but their pads. They don't yeah. have shirts on. They go over to the Texas sideline and they're drinking their water, yeah. and it starts a big scuffle. That was when the Texas okay. had the, the real DBU shirts and things. Huh. You well, they to, stood on they stood on business that day though. They did though, but that's that's why I think it's like to do that and still know you're a 21 point underdog is kind of funny to me. I, I like it. I like the bit. You, I, I I get it. I, I can understand like it, it would be it would be interesting to have your football team have that type of confidence. Now, is it false confidence? Is it, is it an irrational, <laughs> irrational sense of confidence comes yeah. with prime? Yeah. Prime I'm, side effects, irrational sense of confidence. Prime side effects, irrational sense. I mean, he had he bought the entire team shades two weeks ago and was like, and they're like, oh shit, we're movie stars. Mm. So it, it's like you have to come to expect this from Colorado. No, it's not normal, but I also don't think that people should praise it or say it's as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. I think it's, I think it's football, and I think it's who Deion Sanders is. Mm-hmm. It's who Deion Sanders has been since he, got, since he played at Florida State. So, As long know. as it's consistency, right? Is yeah. this a TV broadcast? Yeah. Or do you have someone's Twitter? I got to see this. I haven't seen this. Doesn't look like it's TV broadcast. Holy smokes. Oh, no, it's ABC here in the corner. Just be quick. Just be quick. Don't play very often. Haven't played in nearly 17 yeah, do years. This. But they share do enough it. old high school battles. They share a border recruiting territory. That That's Chase on. Things got yeah, a little animated. That's on their side. That's wild. A lot of smack talk. I don't think that they were applauding the fact that Man, it was just went over there and took the water. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. That's a... Uh, what is that, S.D.R. Joe's? Man, that's wild. Went over there and took the water. 
Um, it looked like they took the taped water too, which was probably the pi- uh, the pickle juice. Mm. Y'all know about that pickle juice? Oh, I love pickle juice, man. Y'all know about pickle juice on the sideline? Oh yeah. Hey, I don't th- I don't think we got taken down there. Now we're just not gonna be able to monetize this one later because ESPN is gonna catch it. But sometimes ESPN be getting you, getting you during the live stream and, and, and pulling the stream down because. Yeah, dude, the AI over there, YouTube is legit. Hey, welcome into tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you. It is NBR, and as you can tell by the title, we got rankings tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit of rankings. We're going to do over-under tonight. We're going to guess the spreads while also giving you some week five predictions, slapping those things on you. We're going to give you a Heisman odds update, and as I told you, I'm going to give you not only my top 10 SEC quarterbacks, um, spoiler alert, I'm going to rank all 10 top 10 quarterbacks in college football right now today we put out the top 10 rankings of the sec over on twitter what i like that you, you like that graphic the graphic About oh because of number 10 yeah yeah dude i i, I sat through it this morning because i knew we were going to do this and it had a lot of engagement this weekend or last week so i knew <clears throat> rankings are something i'm gonna have to do and i'm watching these tapes anyways so i might as well give some opinions on it there are not 10 good quarterbacks in the conference there are not you cannot tell me that there are 10 because you get through nine, and, uh, uh, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later. You get through nine, and you're like, Jalen Milrow, mm-mm. Um, who's my other M we were just talking about earlier? Joe Milton. Joe Milton, mm-mm, not playing great. Uh, you know, there's just there's not a lot. It's not a lot. We got some, we got some football team. Devin Leary, not great. We, we still got some football teams rotating quarterbacks as well. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later tonight. Um, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you like and subscribe and rate and review. And I'm trying to find me. The NBR listener who doesn't listen to TTD. That's what I'm trying to find. Because there's a bunch of y'all that listen to TTD that don't listen to NBR. Okay, obviously that is our local hour and our national hour. We talk some Georgia. We talk some national college football here in this hour. Obviously the Georgia hour is loaded down with viewers. You guys show support and love there. Continue to build this one. I think we do a great job here. And here's how I know. Y'all watch this at record rates, okay? I, I've been in this industry long enough. I've had enough, uh, I've spoken to enough uh, business decision makers, okay? I know what industry standards look like. We set, not records, we set crazy numbers on this with regards to retention. It is very sticky. If you found it, you love it, all right? So continue to, to, to spread that love to your friends, your family. Um, I see Peyton do it. Peyton's great at this. Peyton has people out here showing his damn show at dealerships, all right? So if you have any way to let people know a little bit more about this show, I would appreciate that greatly. Y'all do a great job of supporting us um, here on the network. Make sure you're supporting Price Picks as well. Prospects.com, promo code Brooks. Get you 100% deposit match over there. Boys, how we doing? I know I haven't welcomed you in on NBR. How we doing today? How we feeling? Doing good. Yeah? Doing fantastic. Very good. Very good. We're four weeks in. Mm-hmm. We're a month in. We're a month and a half in here, right? We started August 7th. August 7th. Mm-hmm. August 7th here on this network. 8-7-23. How we feeling, man? How we feeling with our first, what, like six weeks? Seven weeks uh, getting in some content. It's become a routine at this point. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's definitely taxing. It's a lot of work, but at this point I'm used to it. So the pre-shows work. The show doesn't feel it. Nah, right? Show goes by quick. Nah, show's just man doing what you love. Yeah, just talking some ball, man. But there is work to it, man. I'm, I'm glad you guys are, are are settling in, man. I'm glad you guys, as an audience, have taken to these two dudes because they work really, really hard and they do some great shit around our network um, in totality, right? Everywhere on the SI front and here on YouTube as well. So appreciate you guys for being here tonight. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. All right, 
Kirby and I, okay, I am uh, not a gambler, but grew up in a gambling family, just like I am not a drinker anymore, but I promise you, I can still sling it with anybody in this in this bedroom. Or bedroom. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> pause. That's like three-second pause. Right, Don't say anything at all. I can still slug them with anybody in this room. All right, we can still do that. Um, I can still gamble with anybody in this room because I come from that gambling family. And, uh, you know, I, my, my pops was one of them gambling guys, not to do pops and shit right now. But, um, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm expose pops right quick. Pops used to do the thing where uh, he had a bookie on the phone and he had a registered number. Okay, pops' number was 313. So every time, yeah, this is 313. Let me get uh, so-and-so on such-and-such. Um, so, yeah, understand the lines relatively well and, and, and pretty well-versed with the gambling. We're gonna see how well-versed I am tonight. So here's the premise. And by the way, if you listen to anything from Bill Simmons, you know how Guess the Lines work. Me and Kirby pitted against each other. He's our other gambling man here in the family. Um, so here's how this works. We're gonna put up a football game. We're gonna guess the line, all right? Whoever guesses the lines closest gets the win on that one. All right, we're gonna win, loss these, moving down the slate. And whoever has the most, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. We're gonna have to figure out a winner or loser method here towards the end of the year on these things. Uh, we got to help out with the, the, the audience got to help us out with some of those. Maybe don't go crazy. All right. No, like shaving your head. No, no crazy. Uh, go eat uh, 24 hours worth of Waffle House waffles. N nothing stupid. All right. Just some fun wagering between friends and pals here. Let's That's start it. with the Georgia Auburn game. Um, Jay Will's got the actual line. Um, I'm going to guess. and I think we both saw this. So I think this is the only one we're kind of not, or, you know, not completely blind on yeah that in Tennessee yeah Those are two I, I don't I think I think Auburn's a really bad football team um, I think this line should be 21 and a half is what I think it should be that's my guess what's your guess I'm gonna say it's probably at 18 right now three scores not three touchdowns though Jordan Jordan yeah. Hare is a weird place to play and that, so. that that's what you're banking on yeah. that you think Jordan Hare is actually something and it is What's the line, Jay Will? 14 and a half. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. It doesn't. You're telling me Georgia basically has to score 20, 24 points Saturday to cover? <laughs> they might have to. Yeah, they might have to score 17, to be honest. UAB has a better, uh, a better chance of scoring, and they did Saturday than Auburn. Yeah, well, I think the way they're looking at it is that Georgia traditionally this season hasn't had what it's an explosive offense to come out the gate. It might take even longer to do in their first away game against what is probably the best defense they've played so far. On top of that, they're, Auburn's going to run the shit out of the football a lot, and people mm. are kind of in on the fact that this isn't the best Georgia run defense you've had in the last three seasons. It might be, out of 2021, 2022, and 23, not the best statistically speaking, and that's what a lot of people look at. So, I mean, what's the difference? They're, instead of giving up 3.6 yards per carry, they're giving up 3.9 like how bad? How bad is Georgia running the against the run this year on defense? Are they allowing what, like 116 yards per game or something? I don't even. It can't be that bad. bad. It's not. It's not that bad, but it's definitely not as good as it has been the past two seasons, which is hard to Correct. do. But that's something to look into. I think at, at, at what they're giving up an average of 87 yards per game on the ground. That makes sense. Yeah. So they they must be ranked poorly. Because everybody else is just shutting mid majors out Must against be. the run. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Like, there's a stat floating around out there that Georgia has allowed uh, game highs or season highs against the run against every four, all four opponents. Meaning the four opponents that they play. South Carolina had the best rushing success all year 
against Georgia that they did anybody else. And you know what this is? This is them trying to keep the game close. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's, it's teams being willing and able to run the football because that's all they're doing um, over and over again. Did you see there was an AI model that said Auburn wins the game? Yeah, I also saw it, it's the football nerds. They're, yeah. they're friends of the show. They, they, they watch, they follow. They've since changed. They're it. good people. And I think they had a bug in their system because it wasn't just that. They had Georgia Southern beating Ohio State. Yep. So it's not, it's, don't. Trust the model. Yeah, don't trust that model, trust but model. trust it now because they fixed it. They do good work over there. I'm, I'm not a big analytical guy. It's actually the antithesis of what we do here, but they do good stuff. So if you're into nerds and if you're into numbers, head over to the college football you're nerds. nerds. Hey, if you like nerds, you got a little nerd fetish. L Kirby takes the win on that first one. Tennessee versus South Carolina. This one's in uh, Knoxville. I think this line should be Tennessee minus five. That's what it should be now. I've I've peaked at this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna take the L because it should be minus five. I'm taking South Carolina in this football game with the points because this line is stupid to me. Mm -hmm. What what are you guessing? Last time I checked it, it was at 17. So I guess 17 and a half. I think high. I think the fact that what happened last year has left a really bad taste in Tennessee's mouth, combined with the fact that both of these defenses allow explosives. I think they're gonna lean Tennessee's way because that's kind of what Tennessee's offense is predicated on. Running to running you to sleep and then explosives over the top. So I'll say I think the real line's right in the middle of our two guesses. Yeah, I'm twelve and a half. But what's interesting though is Tennessee hasn't been that explosive on offense this year. It, so they haven't. Kirby takes the win. They haven't. But traditionally, a hypo led offense is sure. explosive. And I mean, South Carolina's defense has been okay. Okay, they've put, they've they've competed hard. Mm -hmm. All right, and they're well coached. I think they don't bust assignments at all. Um, and I think the the main concern I had on film watching him was Stone Blanton 52. He's played much, much better week in and week out. So they're improving as a unit. Here's my fear. Um, since you saw what Georgia did to him in the second half with the pressure and, and getting home and, and him impacting Spencer Rattler. This Tennessee defensive line, say what you want about Tennessee's defense, they can get after quarterback. That's the, if that's the one thing they can do, they can do that. All right, so they will heat up Spencer Rattler on Saturday. They're going to blitz him and pressure him a ton. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with that line. Um, Twelve and a half is a lot for me. I think South Carolina plays it a lot tighter than that. Let's go on to the next one. Notre Dame at Duke. I, I actually, I think it would be far better for us to go ahead and make our predictions while we're doing this, so we don't circle back on these same games and do same analysis over okay. and over again. Uh, so that's... production note on the on the fly here. Georgia-Auburn, uh, Georgia I got Georgia to cover big time. I think this is a 35-7 football game. Yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be what you've seen over the rivalry over the past few years. It's going to be Georgia scoring 38 points and Auburn maybe getting a late touchdown. The only thing I can think happening here is um, Carson Beck looks real, real shaky and, and nerve-wracking on his road start, throws a couple interceptions. Maybe this is a 14-10 football game in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I think – I think it's going to be another, quote, slow start for the offense. It's going to be like 10 to nothing at halftime probably. I think yeah. Georgia wins it like 31 to 6 or something like that. Even if they are stagnant offensively, depth will become an issue for Auburn in the second yeah. half. Um, and Georgia should be able to lean on this football team even if they can't throw the ball Saturday, which I don't think is going to be a problem, even though there is a bunch of zone. 
They play a bunch of zone on tape is what it looked like. I think that's why they turned, they turned teams over so much. Mm-hmm. They have one safety with three interceptions, and you can tell what he's doing. He's robbing, okay? They, yeah. they look like they're playing too high. He's, he's playing in the hole. Next thing you know, he's picking balls off. Well, two okay? of those picks are off tips, too. Uh, exactly. And, and a lot of that is tip balls come from zone defenses yep. because defenders, defenders have their chest and eyes on the quarterback. Yep. They're floating in the windows. I, I honestly think a decision-making quarterback like Carson – has a bit of a better chance to have bigger games against zone defenses than he does against man defenses because, in my opinion, and the criticism you guys have had, is he's turned down some stuff, right? He's turned down tight windows. Well, man defenses are tight windows. you got to throw balls into tight windows, whereas zones are reading concepts, understanding where your players are going to be, and throwing into open windows. He's done that really, really well. I like Georgia in this game relatively big. Again, the turnover is the only thing I can see happening in that. I've already said I like South Carolina closer than the experts think. 12 and a half is way too much for me. I think Beamer plays, and, and Rattler is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I also think this is a closer game than the odds makers are giving it, but I do think Tennessee pulls out on top. So, so. I, I want to – hold on. Before you give your prediction, I want to give a quick shout-out. We have a record number right now live views on this channel, on, on this platform, on this show. Hell, so yeah. much of me – Thumbs up for that. So much of me wants to pick South Carolina in this game because Spencer Rattler is playing well. Tennessee's defense, specifically the secondary, isn't all that great. Don't be a puss. Do it. Do it. <laughs> all right, fine. You know what? Ten toes down. I think South Carolina does win this football game in Let's the stadium because I am on the Spencer Rattler train. Xavier Beamer Leggett ball, has been baby. playing well. And I think the offensive line can do enough to help him out. And I think Loggins can script up an offensive game plan to where he can. Look at my kid. My guy's growing up over here, man. Let us stand on it, ten toes down. But no, dude, you're right. Like you're right in the sense that let's put it up this way: Who's got the better quarterback? South Carolina. Who's got the better special teams? South Carolina. Who's got the more dependable uh, and, and and consistent performance this year? South Carolina. Who's the better paper uh, team on paper? Tennessee. 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 That's what's getting them right. Vegas is a big on paper team, uh, you know, evaluation every once in a while. And, and I always don't want to get into this thing of like, oh, well, it's in Neyland Stadium and that's a big deal. You know, I just, I really do think South Carolina can pull this game out. Hmm. Veteran if, quarterback I, play, veteran defense. Yeah, I think the fact that it's in Neyland really helps. Neyland's a tough place to play. It is. Um, all right, let's get on to the next football game. We got Notre Dame at Duke. Um, I'm gonna guess college game days here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Notre Dame minus six and a half. Ooh, I was going to go eight. Okay, you got it at eight. I got it at six and a half. Yeah. What's the line? Brooks wins five and a half. Hey, Damn I finally get a win. Five was, was going to be my original thought, and I was like, nah, it's too low. Sloppy-ass football game. Yeah. yeah. I think these two are going to freaking – I had a coach that used to say, uh, we're going to play toe-in-the-line football. Okay, we're going we're gonna to put a toe on the line. We're going to put a line in the, in the grass with our toe. And then we're going to stand right here. We're just going to trade blows. That's what this football game fit to be. Yeah. This football game's fitting to be, I am Notre Dame. I am Duke. <laughs> okay? And they're just going to go. Fighting out. <laughs> it's going to look like slap boxing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. I, part of me wants to say that this is one of those spiral games for Notre Dame because the way you lost last week was so emotional. It took so much out of you. Yeah. And then you have to go on the road and play a actually really solid Duke team. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why this line is so low. I just think that no rest for the weary here. Yeah, I think Sam Hartman's a good enough quarterback to get it done. I think they're a superior team talent wise. I like Notre Dame to cover in this. This is an elite quarterback matchup. It is. It's an yeah. elite quarterback matchup um, between Riley Leonard 
and Sam Hartman. Riley Leonard, biggest hit on the evaluation scale for your boy. I think we've already done our victory lap on that, so no need to do it now. Um, so transitive properties don't exist. We don't talk about nope. them. Okay, we don't think they are properties. We don't think they work. Um, but Clemson did lose to this football game and Cle or to this Duke team, and Clemson has to play Notre Dame later in the year. Um, Duke walked up, played man coverage against Clemson. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against Notre Dame. Um, I like Notre Dame in this football game by seven. I think they barely squeak by a cover. Yeah, so we're both on the same page. Yeah, I've take been them Devils. Do it. I want to because you Just know the points. I've Just been. Take the points. I've been. You're take them out, right? No, yeah, I think that I'll take the points. I'll, t I'll I think this is like, like a three-point win. I think it's something like, I mean, twenty-four to twenty-one final score. Really good. Both are really good quarterbacks. This would be a game that Notre Dame ha or Duke has to win in order for them to finish as a top fifteen football team, like I boldly predicted them at the beginning of the season. And I just think that both teams are good and both teams are evenly matched on both sides of the football. I I just do think that N Notre Dame has better answers for what Duke offers, so I think they squeak it out. But I think it's going to be a competitive football game. I think another thing that we don't really go that doesn't really go into account against that Duke Clemson game. Clemson moved the ball on them. They did. They they didn't have they trouble moving three the times ball. In the they red fumbled zone. three times yeah. in the red zone. Two of them yeah. led to touchdowns. So I mean, theoretically, you play that game a hundred times. That's not going to happen every time. Clemson moved the ball. They have played it a hundred times in the history of Clemson football. I think if they rushed for two hundred fifty and threw for two hundred fifty, they won a hundred and eleven teen games. Eleven teen. One hundred eleven teen. One hundred eighteen straight games. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like yes, one hundred and eleven teen. <laughs> God dang, what's going on in my head tonight? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yes, Duke played the successful man coverage and won 28-7 because of it, but it's not like Clemson wasn't moving the ball, and I think Notre Dame has a much better offense than Clemson. So, And again, transitive property doesn't go that, but when you look at styles, I think it looks a lot better. All right, so you're up on guess the lines, 2-1 to one right now. Let's go on to our next one unless you got something else. I was just going to say – there is there is like a perfect recipe for Duke to pull this one out because yeah. you did just play Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You lost an emotion. You had an emotional mm -hmm. loss. Now you got to travel to Duke this and week. And to have lost that game the way that they did, yeah. they're, they're, it, there's ingredients for a spiral. And now this has officially become Duke's biggest football game of the season. Students are going to be hyped. The crowd's going to be there. There's it, a, definitely a it's, perfect recipe for it. It's definitely a wheels fall off type game for yeah. sure. I just think I trust Sam Hartman. I trust Sam Hartman. I think despite what happened last week, I think Marcus Freeman prepares his football team as well as anybody else. They don't get blown out. No. Notre Dame has, since Marcus Freeman has taken over that job, I don't think they've lost ugly football games. Um, and I think that's, have they? There was, I feel like there was There's one. There's one. Season. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Um, all right, let's go on to our next one. Florida at Kentucky. Now, going into the season, I would have said Kentucky's probably favored by nine points in this football game. Um, now, here we are. SC, or Kentucky's leading the SEC in explosive margins. Okay, They've had a pretty good staff. It's been okay start to the season offensively, but they haven't played anybody at all. It's been some Youngtown State-type vibes mm -hmm. out there at home. Um, and now you welcome a Florida team who will put your ass in a box okay, and mm -hmm. will punch you in the mouth defensively and get after you and get after the quarterback. Uh, I think Kentucky's favored by four points in this football game. It's at Kentucky. It's at mm -hmm. Kentucky. And that's why. That's why I, I, I put, uh, you know, the line there. I think the home field advantage there is worth like two and a half points. But I think Kentucky on paper is one and a half better. Yeah. I. Oh, man. 
my gut is telling me Florida minus one and a half. You think Florida's favorite in this football game? My gut's telling me. That's probably not right, hmm. though. What's uh, the line? If you would have went the other way, Kentucky minus one. Okay. So I was three. Well, you still get the win because I was at minus four. Well, I mean, it's kind of a tie at that point. All right. We'll put it a tie. Put it a tie there. Thoughts on the football game in general? I think Kentucky's good at what they do. I don't know if they're good enough at it to score on that Florida defense one. And I think Graham Mertz is a fine enough quarterback. Like, he's not going to do anything flashy. He's gotten better at taking care of the football, I think. I think he's just – I just think Florida overall is a better team, and I, I don't know what I don't know what Devin Leary has to offer on that offense against Florida's defense. That's why I'm kind of just is it Ford Field up there, Kroger, Kroger Field. Field, Kroger Field. I knew it was branded yeah. on something. So it's just, go ahead. What do you think? You went to that game last year. What do you think? I didn't think it was very loud. No, dude. No, nah, it was 18 degrees. The best part so. of being at Kroger Field that day was watching the student section take fireball shots the entire time. They get yeah. after it, huh? They got after it. But I mean, it was, was a it. tight football game, and I never once was like, damn, it's loud as no. shit up in here. No. And they had a chance to beat the national defending champions. I know. And there was people leaving in the middle of the third quarter during that game. Like, again, the student section was empty. Again, Kentucky football fans, if you exist, don't get mad at us. Okay? It was 18 degrees, so I will preface that. Yeah. Um, I might have left in the middle of the third quarter if I could have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably would have, too. I was on the field for that game. Yeah. And uh, – Man, I was a whole scene in that post-game press conference. I had one of those uh, Elmer one of those, Fudds. Yeah, Elmer Fudd hats on. Trapper hats? Yeah, I had a trapper hat on. Oh, those shits are so warm. They are that, so warm. Dude, um, but they were so warm that when I walked into the presser, I, I had to take it off. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Just like grease mat down. I looked like I was about to sing some emo music. Um, I, I don't know any emo lyrics. <laughs> But I was about to sing one. Um, no, I, I think uh, Kentucky should be favored in this football game. They are favored in this football game, but I think Florida wins it. Yeah, I think I'll take Florida too. Big snooze kickoff, that. man. That's what this Big game should be called. Kickoff. This game's gonna finish seventeen to ten or something like that. Not a whole lot of offense going on in this game. I 14, don't think. Fourteen six. Yeah, something along the lines of that. Fourteen six with a, a special teams tud. This is this <laughs> is one of those games where you get all the Michigan and Ohio State Twitter accounts that have the quotes where it's like. Oh, Big Ten doesn't play offense. They're so boring. <laughs> yeah. and that shows a screenshot of that game. That's that's what this game is going to be. Shut up, Iowa. I guarantee <laughs> that, that's going to be a tweet sometime Saturday when it's Kentucky and Florida tied 7-7 in the middle of the fourth quarter. Hmm. I'm going to take Kentucky because these are the types of games I think Mark Stoops is wins. He's shown yeah. that over his tenure at Kentucky. It's why they are consistently an eight-win, nine-win football team in the SEC under Stoops. So I think Kentucky wins this game by like seven points. I just think um, Armstrong and that defense mm-hmm. and how they are operating, uh, they are one of, I mean, they're built from the Georgia mold, and that Georgia mold is predicated off of limiting explosives. And the Kentucky offense right now is having success with explosives. Um, so I think it's a real combative environment there for the Kentucky Wildcats. And I am, I am king of Stoops Mountain, okay? I am king of Mark Mountain, all right? We all know the Stoopy love. For your boy here. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to take the Gators there. And I can't believe that. All right, on to our next game. Texas A&M uh, at Arkansas. Um, Arkansas defense, a little suspect, giving up 38 points the last two weeks. I am going to say – is Connor Wagman playing? I think it's a high Yeah, he's hurt, isn't he? Yeah, he is hurt. Max Johnson's going to play. And he didn't look terrible. Um, they just didn't score. They didn't put the ball in the box. Uh, on Saturday when he got in there. 
I'm going to say Texas A&M is favored by three points in this football game. I'll go A&M five and a half. I just I think a or <clears throat> Arkansas is going on like a really bad streak right here. Starting off with that BYU loss, and now you lose in heartbreaking fashion to LSU. I, I would wonder where the mindset of that team is right now. I would go A and M five. All right, you said five and a half. Yeah, five I and said half. three. What is it? A and M minus six and a half. Wow, sounds about right. Vegas really likes A and M, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a super talented roster. It's underutilized and poorly coached, but maybe they're that. Maybe like they have to do that because you never know which one you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to give up. I gave up sixty to Miami. And they or know if you're that they're going to give up or get. I, I actually play defense today, and I think they know that the people that are betting on the game are thinking the same way. Like I don't know, I could get the Texas A&M team that could go out there and put up forty plus points, or I could get the Texas A&M team that's just going to sleep through it. Texas w- A&M is one of those teams you stay away from. I was about to say that's what I was yeah. about to say. I, I would want to know who the least bet football team is, and I bet it. I bet A&M's up there. Out of, out of the Power Five, it's probably Texas A&M. My dad always had a rule: stay away from Georgia under Mark Rick because you never know who they are. Um, so you just never bet on them. That's fair. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, I, we, we all like A&M in that football game? Yeah, yeah. A- A&M's going to win. I don't know if they'll cover, but. You know what I'm going to do? I'm taking Arkansas in that football game. In Jerry World. I like it. Yep. Neutral site football game. I'm taking Arkansas. I like that pick. Um, I think they have the better quarterback. Um, I think they have the football coach that will have them most ready to play in terms of uh, attitude <clears throat> and effort and playing hard for four quarters. They've lost two tight football games. Okay, defensively they didn't look great, and KJ Jefferson basically has to play perfect. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we do our quarterback. Turn rankings. that damn jukebox on. Turn man. that jukebox up. Uh, Ole Miss versus LSU. I'll be quick. I think LSU is favored by five and a half. LSU more than a touchdown, so I'll go nine. Mm. LSU minus two and a half. Oh wow, that's a dub for your boy. So. Yeah, I guess that actually Vegas makes thinks Ole Miss going to bounce back, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And LSU Playing did look tight. like shit against Arkansas. They did. Um, my concern for years with Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin has been defense. Do we think Ole Miss is 24 points per game good or Jalen Milrose that bad? Jalen Milrose is that bad. Yeah? yeah. Jalen Milrose is a very bad quarterback. Mm. Stared it down again on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, he, Just. you had – at Oof. minimum, you had three points there, and you gave it away. So, it's like – Rough stuff there. Yeah. All right. So, uh, how do we predict the game? I personally think LSU wins big. It's in it's in Oxford, right? Uh, I think it's in Death Valley. Yeah, I think oh, it's, if it's in LSU. If it's in Death Valley, LSU will win. Yeah. I. I'm, oh, no. It's at Ole Miss. Oh, it's at okay, Ole if Miss. It's, if it's in Oxford, LSU wins by, like, a score, I think. What time's the game? Do we know? Uh, probably, it, probably the three thirty. It's six matter. o'clock. Oh yeah, so it's gonna be nice and hammered. <laughs> nice and hammered. Hotty toddy. That's one. You know, I went out there for a visit in high school, and you don't get to go tailgate during your visit. You obviously have to, you right? Know, do whatever. Um, funny story. Since we have time, no, we don't have time. Funny story, actually. We'll tell the we'll tell the story. Y'all remember Robin Incomdici? Yes. Oh yeah. Grayson. He was a, he was a 2013 graduate from Grayson. Um, and so I'm going through my little visit. We're going through the indoor facility and coaches chatting it up. And you got the little recruiting assistant that drives you around on the golf cart. She's hanging out, talking to you and all that good stuff, telling you about all the stuff and showing you through the, the weight room and the equipment room. And you get to look at all the jerseys. And then all of a sudden she takes a phone call. And she's like, what? 
okay, I'll hurry up. I'll be, I'll be over there in like five minutes. And she hangs up the phone. She's like, Robert Incredici is walking down the street and he's got like 400 people around him trying to get him to sign autographs. He can't move. So I got to go pick him up. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild for kids like that back in the day. I don't know how, I, I would imagine they have different processes now. Um, you know, and they don't allow this type of thing to happen. It's probably, you know, Escalade, black vehicle, mm-hmm. brought up Moving to the facility. The yeah, they, they're, they're moving. Yeah, that was that was nuts. So two Taylor Swift references from you, two days in a row, huh? What was the first one? Uh, yesterday, you dropped a T-Swizzle reference with the Kelsey Bars. No, I dropped the DeAndre and now, Swift. And now a real deep cut with the DeAndre with the Swift popcorn and box. Uh, Jason Kelsey reference. Actually. Do you think they really moved her out of that in a popcorn box? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's no other way she got out yeah. of there. They would have saw her. That's that's crazy. Um, but anyways, what were we talking about? Robert um, Robert Yeah, could not move. Was getting swamped by uh, fans and whatnot. And he didn't get to go to the game. He had to watch the game in the uh, in the facility with like a couple assistants. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a wild time to be a five star at a at a really bad time at Ole Miss. They were not great no. during that run. That was that crazy. was during the Land Shark time though, wasn't it? Yeah, or like when it. he got there, when he was there, that was Land Shark. That was was that Hugh Freeze or pre Hugh Freeze? I think that's Hugh Freeze. Mm. That's Laramie Tunsil. That's mm. uh, that's uh, the wide receiver. Um, Treadwell. Yeah, Laquan. Laquan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, DK NFL Metcalf. Plus. Right. Yeah. No. 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 That was after. DK no, yeah. was a couple years later. DK, that's right. DK and AJ Brown were in like 2016. That's right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. DK and AJ Brown. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, Ole Miss. Good time. I, I was out there for the Egg Bowl. Good time. Um, let's go on to our next football game. Did we predict that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't think I did. I said oh, LSU. Yeah, I don't think you did. Um, I am taking – give me Jackson Dart and Ole Miss. I like it. That's a 50-50 toss. It really is. Yeah. It's, I don't it's, have it's two football coaches that are very inconsistent week to week, Yeah. Um, at least in their past. Okay, Brian Kelly had a bunch of inexcusable – or not inexcusable, inexplicable losses on, on, the, re- on the record books. Texas – Versus Kansas this weekend, uh, going to be a yeah a deep breath football game. That's a great way to put it. Deep breath football game right here. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Lance Leipold doing some interesting stuff there offensively for Kansas. They are a really really fun team to watch. Uh, if you like to study offense, if you like to uh, hey I'm going to steal that one for my rec league football team where my son's going to dominate as a quarterback. If you're one of those guys like I am. I got a whole notebook full of Lance Leipold and Kansas plays. Um, I got Texas minus six and a half as the line. It's in, where is it? It's at Kansas, I think. It's at Kansas. Texas minus nine. No, it's at Texas. It's at Never Texas. They, they, Texas. Beat them at, they beat them at Texas. That's right. Kansas Texas That's right. minus 10. On that crazy-ass two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that um, last year or two years ago? I think it was last year. That's last year. Last year they played at Kansas and beat them. This year they're at Texas. So then, yeah, Texas ten and a half. Texas minus 16 and a half. That sounds right. It's a lot of points, I think. It's a lot of points. Yeah, I, I, we'll get into predictions. Go ahead. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't believe in it, but I so badly want Kansas to. I want this to be the game that Kansas comes through and wins and that Texas is, finally drops it and has their classic, oh, shit, we're Texas, we finally dropped the game game. I don't think it'll happen. Though. I think Texas is the better team and they're consistent enough they'll win. Texas, another one of those teams where you just don't know what you're going to get. Because we thought we knew what Texas was this season after they beat Alabama, but then you basically go and lay a stinker against Wyoming. And now you got them, you're at home against Kansas, but Kansas is like one of those sneaky football teams with Jane Daniels or 
is it what is it? Is it Jaden Daniels? Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels. Daniels. Always get it mixed up. Jalen Daniels in the offense can put up points. It's just I think it's gonna it, it might just be one of those games where the old saying of whoever gets the ball last, that's who's gonna win the football game. I'm gonna take uh Kansas to cover and I'm taking the over in the football game, but Texas wins yeah. uh by fourteen. I like those. Um Colorado uh versus USC. It's obviously in Boulder. <clears throat> um I think I cheated on this one. I got it at twenty one and a half. What do you got? I'm going to say it's in Boulder. I'm going to yeah. say USC is a 15-point favorite. What is it? Minus 21 and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's right. And I think I'm going to take it. I think this is the game that everyone's going to be down on Colorado 1. And Colorado is the perfect team to get into a shootout with USC. Mm-hmm. I think they have explosive plays on offense. I There's some – Travis Hunter's not playing. But they've still got other weapons. I think it's one of those games that you look up and it's like, wait a minute, they're tied at 35 going into the fourth. So I think USC ultimately wins, but it is going to be that shootout game that kind of elevates Colorado again. It's like, wait a minute, they are good. Oregon was a fluke. So Yeah, I think defensively for USC, you're going to give up some points on Saturday. It's not going to be what we saw from Oregon. By the way, uh, one of the funniest things was that Keyshawn Johnson quote. Um, about how he felt like that he had sources that told him it, he, it was ganging up on Dion from never a coaching seen, level I've that never he had seen, never seen. I've never seen this much information come yeah. out about a folks. They've played three games, bro. Not, bro. Only, not only that, like, did you see what Oregon did defensively? Hmm. Oregon rushed five, played man coverage single high the whole game. It was just like, we play, we play man coverage today, dog. Watch <laughs> this. We got this six-foot-three uh, corner that transferred in from Alabama. He a dog. Watch this. We're going to put him out there, and y'all ain't going to complete nothing. Not jack squat diddly. Uh, you're going to be holding the football all day long because nobody's open either. Uh, that was the game plan. There wasn't no, wasn't no secret sauce. Wasn't no MJ's juice over there in the corner that they were getting a little bit of. Do that again? Nah, nah, chill out. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I got USC to win, Colorado to cover. What do y'all got? Yeah, USC wins a shootout. That's what I'm calling Final score, 56-31 USC. So, right. I think they cover, but I think it's also a shootout. I think sense. it's a shootout to, like, the third quarter, and then USC finally gets a few plays and pulls. I mean, Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams. I just don't think Colorado's going to be able to stop him. So, you get Caleb Williams, you want to get into Heisman updates? No, because i got to get into these top ten quarterbacks. Ah, go ahead. Um, and we got a bunch of stuff here left. Uh, we still have to do overrated, underrated, which is going to get kicked to tomorrow, by the way. Um, <clears throat> let's do this. All right. Top 10 quarterback rankings in the SEC. Disclaimer here, I'm a tape watcher. I think you guys know this by now. These rankings are a combination of what I've seen on the tape, okay? The efficiency, the effectiveness that you are playing with now, okay? Plus the ceiling of the athlete, okay? How good can you ultimately be if you were maximized, okay? So this is not a Brooks Reads the stat box type of messages, okay? Or type of rankings. If you're someone Okay, I don't block people on Twitter, okay, unless they're just, uh, you know, abhorrent or annoying, okay? But if you get into my rankings discussions with, hmm, here's the stats, and you just send me SEC stat leaders, you might fuck around and get blocked from now on, because I think you're an idiot, and I don't have time for people who are idiots on my timeline. So be very careful how you respond to someone like me who puts out rankings that are strictly based off what I see, feel, and know about the situation, not some mythical number you put into a stat box, all right? Just putting that out there. You're going to mess around and get blocked if you come in with some stats. Duh, look at the stats. Get out of here. 
Number one, Spencer Rattler. Hey, did you know that if I took out, if I just, hey, say the second half against Georgia, the number one team in the country and the best, one of the best defenses in the country, if we just took that half out and it just didn't exist, did you know that Spencer Rattler would be completing 85.5% of his passes? That's it? That's it? 86% man's is out here throwing darts, cuz. All right? He's been sacked 17 times. 17 times in four games, and he's still managing to play flawless football. I said it on Twitter. He is playing NFL quarterback behind a high school offensive line. That is not a shot at coaching. That is the reality situation. He's got two tackles right now, true freshmen. They're getting spun like a top on a consistent basis, despite the fact that this quarterback is playing phenomenally right now. I think he was 18 of 20 for 296 yards last week. He had a QB rating over 200. Whoa. Yeah, he's playing phenomenally right now. If you think otherwise, you're ignorant. Hey, go Cox. Yeah, hey, go Cox. Number two, I got Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels leads the conference right now in passing yards per game, touchdowns thrown, and he is LSU's leader in rushing attempts. You a stat guy? Yeah. Don't do the stat guy. Don't do the stat guy. Turn the tape on. Turn the tape on. They are scoring and scoring in bunches through the air. Okay, a lot of his Malik neighbors, okay, a lot of his him being really, really good on the outside, okay, but a lot of great balls over the last couple weeks from (laughs) Jaden Daniels. And I also take into the account how much you're asked to do, okay, how much is put on your shoulders, all right? So if you're basically the entire run game, like the next three guys, we're actually kind of Wagner's next, but the next couple of guys that we're going to talk about are ranked as highly on my roster or my rankings as they are because, man, the demand for them, not only in the passing game, but to acquire hats and, and, and move the ball in the running game is really, really impressive as well on the college level. Connor Wagman coming in at number three. I know he got hurt here. I'm keeping him here. He has the highest ceiling in all of the SEC. He does. If you told me one of these guys is going to be a top three overall draft pick, teams are going to absolutely wager to know that this guy is going to be good or to take a chance at drafting him, it's this guy. I think he's the biggest, highest ceiling of anybody in this conference, and um, that's enough for me. He, the, the ankle injury looked pretty tough, so we're just going to hold him there, even though I don't think he's going to play this weekend. I got K.J. Jefferson at number four. He's having to play virtually perfect for them to win. The only problem is he hasn't played perfectly. Um, two interceptions last weekend, um, and, you know, he's going to have to continue to put the ball at risk. Uh, he's going to have to do things that are almost super heroic, uh, he's also averaging like 16 carries per game right now. They're asking him to do a ton. If he doesn't go, they don't go. Uh, again, if, if he plays perfect, I think they're undefeated. They really are. If, they, if he doesn't turn the ball over, they, they play undefeated or they are undefeated. I got Jackson Dart number five. I watched that tape this morning uh, of that Alabama game. I thought Alabama, the performance of Jackson, okay, and the lack thereof, it didn't look great in the box score again, okay. But if you watch that tape and look at it, you walk away being far more impressed with Alabama's defense than you would um, unimpressed by Jackson's performance. I thought he protected the ball relatively well. He had an interception in the football game, I understand. But there were throws where, I mean, there's only one spot for us to catch it, and we have to put it there or we're going to turn it over because coverage is so tight. And we put it right there, and Alabama just gets a fingertip on it. Or we put it right there, and our guy just doesn't quite come down with it. Or we put it right there, and it's out of bounds, okay? Um, Just very, very tic-tac-y things. And, again, he's one of these guys that, I mean, he is their offense right now. He is their interior run game. They don't have – Quinchon Judkins, great running back. 
not having a season this year, not having what he had last year. They can't seem to get him loose um, right now. Number six, I got Brady Cook. I talked about it in the, in the local hour. I legitimately think Missouri would throw for 500 yards per game if they didn't have to protect their defense right now. They've given up over 30 points the last two weeks to mid-majors. It doesn't look great. Um, excuse me, not mid-majors. They gave up 38 points to Kansas, or Kansas State. They gave up 31 points this past week um, to a mid-major program uh, in Memphis. Okay, so this defense hasn't been great. They've been running the ball to protect them, but Brady Cook, I think, is averaging over the last two football games, last three football games, over 350 yards through the air. He's playing really, really well, and he's got a bunch of weapons, and I think Drink does a really good job of designing up winners for that offense as well. I got Carson Beck, number seven. Somebody asked me today, what would he have to do to climb some of these other guys? Um, I don't, I, it's hard for me because those other guys produce such a level or, or produce such a threat and add such a spice to the offense because of their running game. And in college, that is valuable. Being able to run the football and add an RPO concept has evolutionized offensive play in college football. But I'll tell you this, if he goes out and throws for 330, against these SEC opponents um, and looks confident and, 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 and they continue to connect and develop more on the, on the deep shots, then yeah, you're going to see some skyrocketing from, uh, from our guy Carson Beck in this list. I got A.J. Swan, number eight, and Will Rogers, number nine. They finally let our boy Will Rogers throw it. I think he threw it 48 times last week for almost 500 yards. Yep. Um, so yeah, sorry, they finally Aaron let Murray. Will Rogers rip it. What? Sorry, Aaron Murray. Yeah, sorry, Aaron Murray. It's unfortunate for the friend of the show. Um, but could you find a 10th quarterback in this conference that's good that you feel confident in? Go show up this week, throw for 250. Two I touchdowns, would, not turn it over. I would be comfortable putting Joe Milton at the number 10 spot. Mm. I mean, that's number 10 out of 14 is bad. Like, let, let's not pretend like it's like. A, we, we showed some love to Grammy Mertz last week. Yeah. We had him 9 and Joe Milton 10. And then Grammy Mertz showed up this week, laid a dud against our boy Biff Pogey. Mm-hmm. Not Pogey, by the way. Spoiler alert for this network. I know it's a heartbreaker. Um, Biff Pogey on the pronunciation. Yeah, so I, I would put Joe Milton at 10. But again, it's like, it's 10. So you're choosing yeah. between Joe Milton, Graham Mertz, Peyton Thorne. Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow. Yeah. That's it. No. Jalen Milrow. Whoever Alabama's quarterback is, is number 14. If you did have to pick a 10th, Joe Milton. But I think Was it's it? also funny that Brady Cook was getting booed coming into the game just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And now Buddy's and, just and balling. Drink, and Drink had to just absolutely, you know, castrate his own uh, fan base. Hmm. I, I love watching a coach get a little ticked off with his fan base. Um, maybe the next time you – never mind. Uh, if I were to rank – I was going to say maybe the next time Georgia fans boo at home, I'll lob one up to Kirby and be like, hey, Kirk, what you think about them booing y'all motherfuckers? Um, and see what he thinks about that. Uh, I would tell you, though, it's not great. It's not great at the quarterback position in the SEC right now. And if we were to play a game, and we're going to play a game right now, how many of those nine that we just ranked would you put in the top ten in college football at the quarterback position right now? I'd have to go with none. Like even even That's as, an incorrect answer. Because no, there's at least one. Here's the thing. Even there's as good one. as Spencer Rattler is, I don't think he's got the – if you take Spencer, just Spencer Rattler, yeah, he's top ten. But what he has around him keeps him from being that. But, but he's we're still just, performing at a top ten level. Yeah, I mean, I look at it as the way of what you just said, though. If I put Spencer Rattler in a different situation, people probably would might be talking about him as the best quarterback yeah, in college I, football. I would, right. I would agree with that. But the fact that you're on South Carolina right now is not so doing here, you any favors. Here's how I ranked it: Q 
Caleb Williams, one. Michael Penix, two. Drake May, three. Spencer Rattler, four. Sam Hartman, five. J.J. McCarthy, six. Quinn Ewers, seven. Jordan Travis, eight. Bo Nix, question mark, yeah. nine. Jay Daniels, ten. I like that. I like that list. That's how I rank Where'd it. you put Spencer Rattler? Four. Okay. I think Spencer Rattler right now, because, you know, my lists are also ceilings and, and all that stuff that we, you know, proclaimed in our original disclaimer. I think those three guys ahead of him, uh, Penix has a higher, a slightly higher ceiling just because of the, the frame. But Caleb Williams and Drake May are the first two picks in the draft for a mm-hmm. reason. They will be. Um, and then, but if you were to just tell me, hey, who's playing the position the best right now? It is Spencer Rattler. Turn it on, guys. Turn the yeah. tape on. He is doing fanatical shit. And if you were to ask me right now, who's the quarterback that gets picked at pick number 25 in the first round next year? Spencer Rattler very reasonably could be that guy. Played a lot of football games. You're making that face. The NFL teams are going to come around on this. I'm Tracy, telling you. got the Tracy arm. Tracy got it. the arm. Played a lot of football games. Understands, knows how to play within chaos. Okay, so if I'm a bad football team with a bad offensive line, what's new for him? He's been getting hit like a a, a dummy for a while. It, it goes back to what I always it we we inflate the first round with like oh there's six guys that are going in the first round. Yeah. That just almost never happens in the NFL. No one's getting – Drake May, Caleb Williams are gone, like right off the bat. Then after that, what, what's next? Two or three quarter, two or three quarterbacks maybe taken off the That's board? That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think it's crazy to say that, like, Caleb Williams number one, Drake May two or three right after JJ that? J.J. McCarthy somewhere in there and then Spencer Rattler? I was even going to say, like, Michael Penix at pick number 12 and then mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler, 25. Hmm. It's feasible. I, I don't know if I, like, absolutely like, oh, yes, absolutely. It's I'd feasible. Say right now, yeah. All right. That's our show for tonight. Appreciate you guys for being here. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out. Give me a three count there. Jay will love you.